Cheers to a new season and a new holiday yes. and an upcoming new year. Oh Welcome back oh, to Lady Blair Sings the Blues. We got your girl, Sometimes V. And Kylie Too Smart. We're celebrating with a little Chopagonet. Bubbly baby! And some half ass charcuterie. String cheese! <laughs> <laughs> we were we were doing so well. We're doing so well. It is delish. We got our our artichoke jalapeno dip. We got our nuts. We got our tomatoes. Mmm. Broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. Yeah, it's a keto. It's a keto's dream. Oh god, oh, I dropped no. the broccoli. I dropped the broccoli. Five second roll, three second roll, two uh, second roll. No I don't know, man. Roll. I don't know. I don't know about two, three second rolls. She don't play with them germs. You already I know. I don't play with those germs. I mean, you know, COVID made me that. Keto in the time of COVID. Keto <laughs> in the time of COVID. <laughs> uh, how's your week? Oh my Ms. gosh. Kylie? This week um, has really reminded me of like those Zen parables. Where it's like a whole story and then it just kind of ends and you're kind of left to decide whether or not it was like good or bad. And it just depends on how you look at things. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how my week has gone. It's felt very hectic, but uh, I've just been moving through it and I think things are turning out for the better. Good. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Everything... Fingers crossed. I'm just like in the middle of it right now. Tower moments. A lot of swirly new energies. This year's ending. I'm gonna be 30 soon. I feel like it's like a lot of uh, change. Yeah. It's a lot of change that's happening right now. Man, us millennials have been through it. The ringer! I know. Through it, we got, we are overcoming a pandemic. We overcome Y2K. We overcome the rapture. 9-11. 9-11. Cheeto president. House market bubble popping in LA. Yep. Tech boom. Mm. And the hyphy movement. Oh, speaking oh of the hyphy movement. Oh my god. So versus. last night, the versus was too good. E40, E40, and too short. How can you, like, I couldn't, I couldn't root for either one because I root for the both. I love them both. But well, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's real hard to go up against E forty though. Stupid, go dumb, dumb. Go you know stupid. what I mean? Go dumb, dumb. Tell me what go, go. <laughs> Jesus Christ had dreads, and so he shook them, and we were all <laughs> shook yesterday. Listen, oh it was, my god, it was so funny watching that versus battle last night because like too short was. Off the rails. He I love Too Short. No, I absolutely love Too Short. Bitch, why you gotta say it like short? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, no, it was good. It was wholesome. <laughs> yeah. It was wholesome to the degree of, of two men who led the hyphy movement in the Bay Area wholesome. It was very wholesome. It was very, very much like not even a versus. They're just here doing a duo like... Listen, this is a huge reminder, and Too Short reminded all of his men in the community that women, no matter if their pussy is hairy or bald, deserve it all. Yo, eat that shit. Eat it! <laughs> eat it, bitch! No, he, he went off about, like, how, um, how, like, like, he, how much he loved pussy, any type of pussy, so... It, any kind of pussy. All the pussy 
Send it my way. Send the pussy my way. Sure looks good to me. Won't you please send it my way. Send your pussy my way. Yeah. No, I just, um, no, I really appreciated it all. Like, they, they did all their hits that they did together. They did all the hits that they did themselves. Um, they, there were some things I didn't recognize, which... Which feels weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I feel like this was recent. Like, the hyphy movement was super recent, but it happened while we were all in high school, I thought. Yeah, like, middle school, high school. Yeah, I think the birth of it was mostly in middle school. I think yeah, so. definitely most, mostly middle school. And even, even probably a little before that. You know what also I got really head-ass about? It was also, um, sponsored by Ciroc. Ciroc! <laughs> Ciroc sponsored the event. Thank you, Ciroc. And, like, at some point, Too Short was, like, there was a song playing, and he completely forgot the words. And he, got, he kept saying, I don't know the words. I don't know the words. And he kept gigging. He kept gigging. And he's like, and I don't know this song. And while E40 was doing his song, like, then he went back to the DJ and was talking to him, being like, okay, this is what the plan is going to be. We're gonna play this song. We're do some blow the whistle. Make sure you play a song that I know. Even though, oh my god, <laughs> it was it was fucking hilarious. Anybody who missed out, you, that was a treat. I think that had to be like one of the top versus battles next to like Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle. True. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And I'm so glad my friends reminded me of it too. Like I forgot. <laughs> How did you forget? <laughs> I forgot until a friend of mine sent me a text and like some guy um, was like, "Hey, Bay Area announcements." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my friend was like, "Oh, I can we skip on this date? There's a versus battle of E40 and T-shirt, <laughs> and that's actually a priority." Hmm. So that's how the kickoff to my vacation went. But other than that, my week was pretty fucking bland, normal, like, you know, all the shit that happened this week that impacted us all, um, happened, so, like, I don't know, I'm just ready to kick back and soak in this, like, two weeks and I don't have to step into an office and do the thing, so I am ready. <sighs> Those two weeks where you don't have to, you know, wake up and roll over and start your computer and pretend like you're wearing pants in your Zoom meeting. Oh, well, that's not my life, because I actually have to be front-lined. Ooh! Oh, whoa! <laughs> Frontline all the time? All that, all the time. Alright, so let's go and do some current events that are happening. I'm going to start with the local sector. Yes, what's happening around these parts? So, anybody who needs a gift, and you're like, man, my friend is a minimalist. They don't like having a thing. <laughs> a thing. They also give you a hard time, and they're like, man, I can't eat those cookies. I can't eat that chocolate. Oh, is I'm your friend keto. Veronica? <laughs> <laughs> is he your friend sometimes? I am actually, <laughs> dietary-wise, I'm very complicated. Um, I'm that bitch. But if you're looking for a gift for a friend that <laughs> is a little bit more verbal, straight oh, to the gosh. point, and it's one and done, and then you think of it as a memory rather than as a thing that takes up space in your room, get a gift-a-song by Miss Amy Dabalos, local jazz singer, popular at the Blackbird, Ooh. popular at Yoshi's, oh, she'll serenade you. popular in San Jose. So, <laughs> as I'm gassing her up, no, Amy is a wonderful uh, vocalist, and She's doing a thing where, um, brighten, she's basically wanting to brighten up someone's day with a song from a vocalist and songwriter, but she calls herself Amy D. 
Amy Um, So you, there's three tiers. There's the heartfelt connection. Dedicate a song to a loved one or colleague over Zoom. Amy D will join the call and surprise the recipient with a touching, in the moment performance. Oh my god! Perfect for your grandmother. Oh my Perfect god. for your mama who loves music. Perfect for anybody who claims they love Ellis Fitzgerald. That is so sweet. And you need a live jazz vocalist to bless your holiday. That's the one that you need. Oh my god! And you know what? Like we just had a corporate party at work, and they had a comedian mm-hmm. um, on the Zoom call, and it's like. You know what? Yes, they sound cheesy, but you gotta do what you have to do to raise your spirits in these times. Second tier. Second tier. She has another tier. Memorable moment. The ideal gift for the person who has everything, a short custom song with lyrics by Amy D. Delight the receiver with your creative gift giving with a Zoom performance or video recording. And they will be delighted. We're all delighted. We're all delighted. Who doesn't love surprises in your Zoom, especially musical ones? Tell me about tier three. Beautiful surprises by the lovey-dovey Amy DeBalas. Third tier, the ultimate experience. Sharing a comparable experience using one of humanity's most effective forms of communication, song. Perfect for any occasion, Amy D will combine your thoughts with words, music written exclusively for you slash your event. Book now for the holidays at Amy D dash music.com so amy applaud to you i hope this is working out um as in like everyone deserves to hear your voice this holiday season i love it yeah i absolutely love this idea it like it's so good like i if i if there was like the budget for it at my work i would have called her up say hey let's do an intro song let's do it let's do it but like i just i just it makes me think of elf yeah, but like seriously, think he's a singogram, and I'm like, oh, you can literally have singograms for your Zoom. Amy D, she'll be there. She'll be there for you. Singing. So yeah, anybody who's interested in doing that, please definitely go to amyd-music.com. She's very professional, very uh, punctual, and she will also get right back to you that same day. So yeah, Amy D. And also to make it very clear, she didn't ask me to do this. So if I tell her that I promoted her Surprise, on my podcast, Amy D. she's going to be like, oh my God, why is she reading it like this? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? No, but really, I appreciate you, Amy. You've been such a gem this whole year. And like also the last thank you of her. She got me onto one of her projects with San Jose Jazz earlier in the year too. Aww. So... Um, and I felt jazz like it went women really well. supporting jazz women. Jazz women supporting, jazz women supporting jazz women, indeed. Jazz. Jazz indeed. women. Indeed. So that's on the local spectrum. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about community winning. So Native American tribe regains ownership of the Big Sur ancestral lands. Do you know some things that were going on with that? Kind yeah. Of? Well, I mean, so if you don't know about Big Sur and you don't know about like the, all the different tribes that are here in California... Um, you can look it up really easily. They've got like in-depth maps now that can tell you which tribes were where. Um, but it's like a lot of what happens in like American history, especially in schools, when you talk about native peoples, they make it sound like these people are extinct. Like they're not still living on their land. Like they don't just (laughs) exist here and are fighting for their rights, you know, every day to recapture and regain their culture their identities, their languages, um, to try and strive and make it, I can't say fair or equal because, you know, as black people, we know, like, you can't make up 
for that kind of decimation. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can try to do what's right. And I think California is doing that and taking some of those steps. I think California is one of those places that um, we, like, are known for being more liberal, but in terms of actual legislation, we're pretty far behind. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, compared to some other places. So I'm really, really, like, proud and ecstatic to know that this land is going to be, like, (laughs) going back to the original people who were on it and who were taking care of it. And I think a lot of it is kind of a... I don't want to, like, look a gift horse in the mouth, but Mm -hmm. Big Sur is not easy land to like, live on if you're used to being, like, city life. Right. It's a little more isolated. The roads there are crazy. The land there can be really wild. It's very erosive, too. Erosive. So it's it's also, you know, kind of, yeah, isolationist. You get, like, these lovely people who are creating their own communities. It's an art community. It's... You get this interesting dichotomy of just, like, rich old white people and Mm -hmm. then, like, really poor... People who are just, like, living their own creative lives and making it out in the wilderness or just people who just love backpacking and, like, just living that rugged lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because it is beautiful country out there. Rivers, mountains, ocean, gems, jade. Oh, my God. Like, it's gorgeous. So, yeah. Yeah, according to um, CNN... um, yeah, it says that a Northern California Indian tribe sacred land is now back under their ownership, thanks to the help of a conservancy group. Yes. The Esalen tribe, one of the state's smallest and least known little tribes, inhabited the Santa Lucia Mountains and the Big Sur Coast for thousands of years. Which is weird that they say that they're, like, small and unknown, because literally, like, I think of Big Sur, I think of, like, the Esalen Spa that's down there. Like, mm-hmm. that place is major... And it, hello, Esalen. No, so, like, we already know. But also, no one would make that connection with the spa, right? Because people would go there just to go to the spa. They wouldn't make the connection. They don't know what the name is? It's, like, literally the name. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's, like, for example... I guess if you're not from California. There's, sometimes with names, there's always, like, the disassociation, right? I guess. So, like, for example, when you grow up in, like... This is gonna sound really stupid, but hear me out. If I go to Monterey... Mm-hmm. Monterey doesn't sound Spanish to me. Monterey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think of it as Monterey. Monterey. It's I'm from of... Monterey Bay. I'm from Monterey. That's and like, of... you know, Pebble Beach. Land of the LL Bean Jackets and the golfers. Yeah. And, and it's Uggs. the same thing with the disassociation with like calling Seaside Seaside, right? I don't think it's a side by the sea. <laughs> I think of it as like Seaside has a lot of history with a lot of things. Um, and I grew up there, so it's just a place that comes off as, like, the location that I'm from. It doesn't associate as, like, a place by the sea, but now as a... I guess looking at it from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, so, like, going back to Esalen, like, I didn't realize I was even a tribe, so that's, like, really dope. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, yeah, they closed on a, uh, 4.5 million deal with the Western Rivers Conserv... That I can't even say it. Conservative, conservative, conservatorship, okay. conservancy, <laughs> um, an environmental group to purchase nearly, basically twelve hundred acres in Big Sur. Hell yeah! So that's a lot, and like you know, congratulations to them to you know reclaim that land, 
to make sure, like, hey, this was ours. Yeah, and I... I this is long overdue. I see some beautiful things happening um, for, yeah, for that tribe. Yeah, no, so that's really awesome. I'm really glad to hear that a part of our history is actually still current and still will be sustained. Um, Good things did happen in 2020. Yeah. And then some other local things I want to shout out to Feed the Block, a nonprofit organization. You can find them on Instagram um, as feed.the.block.sj. Um, I want to kind of call them out because I can tell that there's a lot of call to action on their end. So recently it started raining. Wait, I was going to say, are they the guys um, with Batman? Are they? I think it is. I think Batman works with them. So if you're like local San Jose, you'll notice that there's Batman and he goes around and he feeds the homeless and I think he works with them. Oh shit. No, I don't see Batman on here. But what I do notice is like they do a lot of meal distributions. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of like resources and materials for people who need them. There's a tent drive. They just did a Feed the Block Christmas. Um... So basically giving like a houseless neighbors around San Jose uh, wrapped and delivered presents, which is amazing. Yeah. And then again, right now their current campaign is weather protection supplies. It has been raining and it's cold. It's cold as it hell. It is cold as hell. And um, people need resources right now. Just over this weekend, like crazy random happenstance. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman who's being chased by a man mm-hmm. with a large stick that was on fire. So a torch. Shut up. Yeah. And, um, like, Julian happened to be driving. Mm-hmm. And she came up and, like, pounded on the hood of his car. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was, like, pulled over and was like, what the fuck's going on? And she was, like, saying help. Like, and he was like, get in. And, like, I guess he didn't even know. Like, she didn't have pants on. So he, like had a blanket in the car and like Mm -hmm. gave her a blanket and was like what the fuck is going on and she was like they've been beating me she's pregnant oh my god he like finally got her um got her to a shelter that i guess her parents were staying at Mm -hmm. so like was able to get her someplace safe and it's just like yeah we take these resources for granted yeah, like, it's not just, like, some cute thing that we're just doing for the community. Like, there are people who really, really need these like, things. Like, this is, this means, you know, life and death for a lot of people out here. But, like, res- resources such as, like, you know, materials to, like, counseling to, like, re, re, um... Rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, um, from anything for people to just feel protected and a little bit more in control about their scenario. But, um, yeah, right now, Feed the Block, their current campaign is just weather protection... Um, so if you guys want to reach out and give, um, to where it's like, you know, from umbrellas to like, like hand warmers to jackets, like, you know, go find, uh, Venmo at Feed the Block. Uh, they will, um, take, not only take your material donations, but they'll take, it looks like monetary donations. Um, and so then that way they can help unhoused people feel protected through this really harsh, you know, it's not the winter time like it is in Minnesota, but it does get cold regardless. So, yeah. um, think about your community, help feed the block, feed their block. So, um, that's something that I thought was just really important. And I'm really glad to find another nonprofit that's being very, um, productive and taking initiative to do shit. But yeah, speaking of sad things, right? Um, 
a man. This is kind of old news, but also still relevant to talk about in the now. Um, in Columbus, Ohio, another black man was shot wrongfully, wrongfully, um, by the police, which I'm a little upset about because I feel like, like, this happens so often that, like, how can cops be so stupid? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we have already established in 2020 that, uh, a certain point is willful ignorance. Mm-hmm. We recognize that our communities are being targeted, black men are being targeted, and like at that point, you really have to not give a fuck mm-hmm. to kill somebody and then be like, oh, sorry, wrong person later, and then not even actually be like, oh, sorry, but just mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. This is not a shit happens moment. Like, it needs to stop. Yeah, and we have to keep reporting it. Like, we have to keep reporting it to show, like, hey, this is still happening. And we're watching we're, you, yeah. We're watching you. We're paying attention to the city governments that are not doing shit about it. We're paying attention to the state governments that are not doing shit about it. And, like, we're also paying attention to the White House that's not doing shit about it. I'm really getting tired of the fact that as many times as I say Black Lives Matter is that someone in my immediate circle will dismiss it saying, like, no, everything's fine. We're treating you great. I'm like, it's not just about me. Oh, my God. It's not just about me. It's about the overarching systematic challenges that we have to endure every single day. Sure, maybe I'm okay in your circle, but I'm definitely not okay in another circle. You know? And also, I've always hated that argument of like, oh, well, we treat you okay. Or like, oh, I see how you move through the world. And it's just like, you know what? I have my own personal privileges. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe you need to like re-examine why you think I'm okay. You know what I mean? Maybe you're only okay with me because I am mixed or because I look racially ambiguous or, you know, whatever it is that you are not equating with blackness. What is it that you think black people are at that point? Like, mm-hmm. I'm black. If you like me, then you should have no problems accepting any other black person. If you have a problem with somebody's behavior or, like, their personal actions, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, all black people are good, all, but I can definitely tell you that nobody deserves to be treated poorly solely based upon the color of their skin, and I don't understand why this is so difficult for people to understand. Yeah, like, it's not just about me. It's about the overarching system. It's about the overarching system that we have to try to survive in. Um, So the man that was killed is 23-year-old Casey Goodson. Um, He was not an object of this search, nor wanted by law enforcement prior to the incident. Uh, He was shot three times. And it was just basically one big-ass mistake doesn't matter how they outline like whatever excuses that the police are telling me and it's like it's even more tragic because he was on his doorstep his keys were in his door like he was so close to just being well what we assume is safe you know he was so close to being home and it's just like black people can't feel comfortable anywhere Mm mm-hmm even if you make it home, you're not safe. Your keys are in the door and you're not safe. There was, um... You could be sleeping and you're, and you're not, not safe. safe. Yeah, it's, it's such, it's such bullshit. Like, 
there was a video that was recently released in San Jose. Shout outs to, um, I'll pull up her Instagram account in just a second. But a man who got pulled over by a standard, for a standard traffic stop, he ran a, he ran a yellow light. Which, dude, you can't run a yellow light. Yeah, he ran a yellow light. And, like, cops pulled him over off of 10th Street and pulled out their guns and made him walk backwards. And luckily enough, this woman, like, went out of her way to, like, literally went out of her way to, like, record the whole thing. And then, like, they were like, well, what are you doing? And then... She's like, no, I'm going to record this whole thing because he ran a red, oh, not even a red light, a, a yellow, yellow light, light. <laughs> and your guns are out. You couldn't just pull him over and just ask for his ID and then give him a ticket and call it a fucking day. You couldn't even do that. You had to be fucking dramatic, pull him out of his car with your guns out because you felt that you were not safe, even though you're the ones that are armed and this young man was not in San Jose. It's like, how many times do we have to say this? And the person who recorded the video, thank you so much, Toya underscore PYT. She is, um, it looks like she is also a podcast host, so I'm actually more than willing to check her shit out. Right? Um, but she was like, they're like, do you have a question? She's like, no, I'm going to keep recording. She's like, I'm going to keep recording. Obvious, for the obvious reasons. Because they were doing <laughs> For some- the obvious reasons, you shady assholes. Like, you know you're doing wrong. And this is, like, the thing. We have cameras now, and we're assuming that this is supposed to be a deterrent, but clearly it is not. Mm-hmm. We see police officers, you know, not giving a fuck about their body cams. Not giving a fuck. They'll turn turning, them off. Turning them off. Mm-hmm. Like, holding them, muffling them, uh, going outside to have conversations, and then being like, oh, hold on. And, like, turning them off. Like, it's just crazy. Like, as a cop, I feel like you're going to make a lot of misjudgments. You shouldn't have to be in that position to do that, but you are. However, own up to it. Full transparency. Own up to it. Don't fucking shoot black people. Stop. Stop shooting black people. Just stop stop shooting black people. Realize what your internal biases are. But obviously, they don't have enough introspective. They're just dumb. That's what I just see it as, that they're just fucking dumb. They go through the boot camp, which is like baby version of fucking Marines boot camp. And then they think they're tough as fucking shit. I don't I think, think it's I'm... even baby version. Let me go with this. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Baby Marines. And they think they're tough as shit after they're done. And then they get to boss people around. That's the mentality. I really feel like and it's they're... the opposite. I feel I like they think... know that they don't have enough training and that's why they feel so fucking scared and insecure out in these streets. Because it's just like... If you really knew your shit, you would be secure and you wouldn't be, like, afraid all the time of any little person. Kids. Like, really? You're afraid of a kid in a hoodie? You're afraid of a kid in a little hoodie? You're afraid of a little kid in a park just playing around? You guys are fucking dumb. Cops are just dumb. Like, that's just all I have to say. It's like, they have all these resources to get them all armed and equipped with all this, like, military fucking shit. And then... They are terrified of a black child, and they're terrified of black young adult young adults who really just need help, or not even help at all. Just they recently, don't need help. They just need you to stop I pulling just, them over for being black. Just stop pulling yeah. us over for being black. Stop last, shooting us for being black. <laughs> like, just leave us alone. <laughs> just leave us alone. Yeah. Last but not least, there was a Versace VP 
Versace. Versace VP who was just stopped for jaywalking in Beverly Hills. And They're like, what you doing around these parts? <laughs> he's like, I just bought shoes that I designed myself. Why are we stopping me? And they just didn't believe him because why? He was black. And so he's like... <sighs> the disrespect. Uh, so he was straight up like, okay, I'm going to record you guys because I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I'm going to record you guys. And like, you don't need to do all that. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it because you're searching me because I was jaywalking. People jaywalk all the fucking time and you stop my ass? And then um, the actual owner of Versace like reposted and she's like, I am appalled by the police force who did this to my VP who designed those shoes. Uh-uh. And then like they got fucking put on blast. Beverly Hills, Co Beverly Hills cops did. Beverly Hillbilly cops. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so much we can say about how invalidating these motherfuckers are. And they just continue to do their shit. And also like... I don't even know what to say, but I mean, to I San Jose like city government to have that video released, by the way, shows how much that the city government is actually listening to its people. I bet you anything, I'm going to go attend another city council meeting on Zoom and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to hear fucking Sam Licardo say again that he's really hearing us and he really is not. So it's like, it really shows how comfortable your ass is. And you don't even care about the black people or the people in San Jose. True. That's just how I feel about that. That's all I got to say about that. That's all that. I got to say. We've been saying since fucking May. Since May, how he, that there needs to be a turnaround. And he's like, mm, no. I, no. Because I say so. Things are going great. What are you talking about? Things are going great. I'll just um, not do shit for you guys. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do shit. I'm just going to sit up in my nice, small-ass San Jose home that I'm paying half a million dollars for. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. Anyway, um, condolences to um, Casey Goodson's family. I'm so sorry that that happened with you guys. That was a very unwrongful thing that... Not unwrongful. Wrongful thing for it to happen, and that shouldn't be happening at all. Other things that should not be happening at all is anybody having anything to say about Lizzo and her detox diet choices. So here's what I have to say about Lizzo and her detox choices. Brother, her choices! Fuck! None of our damn business. And the thing is, you know what? She's not out here going like, ah, oh, trim spa, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's not all of a sudden the fucking spokeswoman for goddamn... You know, beach body diet or Slim like, fast. you know what I mean? Like, no, she's not doing that shit. Like, she let us know she was out in Mexico. She was eating that food. She was cutting up. Now, you know, her body was just letting her know that she needed to, you know, get back to neutral, which is fine. However you achieve that as an individual is fine. Mm -hmm. Lizzo knows her body. She's done the research. Mm -hmm. She's not out here saying, oh yeah, I'm going to diet forever. She's literally just like, oh, I went a little wild in Mexico. My, my stomach's feeling like some kind of way. Mm -hmm. She's not feeling great and good in her body. And you know what? She had the balls to share her progress. And I love her because she always, always gives it to us raw. Mm -hmm. And that's needed. Yeah. And you know, it's like so many people were on here like, Oh, I thought you were supposed to be body positive. And I was like, there was nothing in her post that said that she was disgusted about her size. 
There was nothing in her post that said, hey, she's doing this to lose weight. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in her post that was saying that, oh, she doesn't like how she looks and so she's doing this. You know what I mean? Like, it was purely about her body's needs, Mm -hmm. her mental needs, how Mm -hmm. she herself is feeling. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know what? She feels good Mm -hmm. doing what she's doing for Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. body. So why do you feel the need to weigh in on it? That is positive. Yeah. Anybody who is just at home eating their fucking bag of dusty ass Doritos and just like, you know, death scrolling, they'll find anything to, they'll find anything to make themselves feel better when it's either just pure death scrolling or just criticizing somebody's choices. Well, for me, it's like, um, what's really been sad for me is like, Seeing, uh, like, some of these fellow, uh, like, body positive people come after her. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, like, she's not fat shaming, you know what I mean? But now they're like, oh, all of a sudden you're not proud of your size. Or, oh, all of a sudden, like, you you feel the need to change. And it's just like, we're, as human beings, we're always constantly changing. Right. So, if you think that you're just going to stay the same... Like, you're never going to achieve your goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. Just because someone is working to make themselves feel better doesn't mean that they're ashamed of who they are. You know what I mean? I constantly look for ways to improve. It doesn't mean that I'm not secure and love myself and my body. Right. I, like, I live in my body. I'm right. not ashamed to show it off. I'm not ashamed to move in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to take up space. Mm-hmm. And neither is Lizzo, and she shouldn't feel like she can only be one way, right? In her life, and she's better, and she's made it very, very clear, her whole life, her whole public career, that she's gonna do what she's gonna do that makes her feel good, you know. It's always been her whole thing. Um, yeah, I think she went on like what a ten day de- detox or something like that, and everyone's like, ah. Oh my god. It's like, dude. But, like, not only that, it's like, she was, she's still eating. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Lizzo puts out, like, all her little snacks and stuff, and mm-hmm. I guess, so, a lot of what I've been seeing, too, is, like, this kind of, like, mansplaining. Oh, always. Everyone's gonna mansplain on how to deal with your like body. nutrition-splaining, where they're like, oh, you know, in the nutrition world, like, Nothing actually detoxes, you know, your organs themselves are the only thing that detoxes. And it's like, okay, sure, we get that. On a scientific and biological level, our organs are the ones doing the detoxing, but we are helping them along by consuming these certain liquids or these certain yep. vegetables, blah di la di So if you want to say, body yaddy yaddy you know what I mean? All these people are trying to come after her specifically on this one word, detox. And it's just like, yeah, we're all adults here. We get it. You know, this is not a crash diet that she's doing. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Her response to all of that is, um... Mind she your said, business, fools. Yeah, she basically <laughs> said, mind your business. But she basically said, I detox my body, and I still... And I'm still fat. I love my body, and I'm still fat. I'm beautiful, and I'm still fat. These things are not mutually exclusive. To the people who look to me, please do not starve yourselves. I did not starve myself. I fed myself greens and water and fruit and protein and sunlight. You do not have to do that to be beautiful or healthy. That was my way. You can do life your way. 
Remember, despite anything anyone says or does, do do what you want to do with your body. And that's basically it. Yeah, I wish, again, the ongoing... The ongoing battle with reminding folks that what we do with our bodies is none of their business. What, how our plus size bodies came to be is also none of their business. <laughs> True. For them to put questions. Why are you fat? And it's like, okay, so if I'm fat for a hormonal issue, does it mean that I am like less worthy or more worthy or more justified to take up space than somebody who's just fat because they like food? Like what? I don't understand what your question has to do with anything. Snap your fingers and get the fat off of me then. Right? Dear God. Oh, you can't do shit about it and here you are judging me? Get the fuck out of my face. All the way out. Get the fuck. Anyway, Lizzo, you know me. I mean, you don't know me. But <laughs> We but, get so comfortable on your butt. Lizzo, you know me, girl. Girl, girl, yes. Um, <laughs> first of all, you're you always doing yo thing, and I'm always ever so proud of you. I loved you so much. I love you so much. Um, I was going to say, I love you since this year, girl, which is true. I loved her since, like, 2016. Um, but you are doing what you were doing. And also, congratulations on getting your mama a car. I saw yeah. that today on IG Story. Good job. Yes. Hell yes. Your mama Goals. was crying. You got her that Adi? Yes. Adi, 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 Some other good things. So Taraji P. Henson just launched a campaign slash foundation um, more so foundation. Um, she wants to break the silence and break the cycle. She wants to make sure that there is therapy resources for black men in the black community who need it. Oh yeah. Thank you. Seriously. Thank like, you. Like we all need therapy. Black men especially need therapy because there's so many roadblocks already put up. You have men who never in their lives will ever feel comfortable truly displaying how they feel. Right. Because they don't feel secure in the notion that they really do have a safe space. They're not allowed to feel angry. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, they're like automatically the angry black man. They're not allowed to feel sad because mm -hmm. that's frowned upon in our like, I feel like the black community definitely has some hyper-masculinity issues, oh, especially... Totally. Hyper masculinity issues, hyper uh, hyper just not dealing with your shit issues, whether if it's blocked by religion or how you're perceived. We're always perceived as being the stronger person, but really there's a lot of internal Just an things. excuse to like put shit on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, our black men need a lot of love and care and the space to be heard and represented just like we do. Mm-hmm. And like, we're lucky we just create our space. Nobody says anything boo about us, really. But men, if you see a bunch of men trying to get together, I'm sure somebody's going to say something. Yeah, I want to do a huge shout out real quick before I kind of go more into what this foundation is about is, first of all, the rap nerd. I just did an interview with him. Oh. Um, he really emphasized in our interview the importance of how it's important to be vulnerable 
it's important to be open. It's important to really build your self and foundation as a black man. Um, or as a black man, rather, he sets the example for that. Wow. Because for him, trust me, that man, I've known that man for a while. Sometimes he can go off the rails with stuff. But, like, not as in, like, a toxic way. He'll just, like, start talking about stuff. And then, like, so it will transcend transcend into, like, talking shit. I'm like, wordy, 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 stop. Stop. <laughs> but in the end, the advice that he has for people in general and the the way that he's taken initiative on his mental health to grow and transcend past the stereotype and transcend past his culture and roots. I love the rap nerd. He allows himself to be soft and vulnerable mm -hmm. in a public space. Yep. Ah, doing what he does. I'm just like, thank you. You know what I mean? There's, there's no machismo. There's no, no machismo. There's so many men out here who uh, feel like they're constantly, constantly walking a tightrope. Like they yeah. literally have no chance to fail. Uh -huh. you know, no chance to to let their guard down. It feels like... Because they're taught to not look weak. Yeah, like they absolutely can't lean on their friends. Yeah, they're taught to not family. look weak, but they don't, they have not been taught how to not look weak. You know, and I think the, the whole thing of looking weak is they they cover it up and blanket it with toughness and, well, it is what it is or some, like, dumb shit, right? But being vulnerable... I think that malleability, so yeah. you don't just shatter under pressure or snap or break. You mm -hmm. allow yourself to bend and have a variety of emotions and show those emotions mm -hmm. and really flourish. Ugh, exactly. Exactly. And then my second shout out is going to Teak Hall, which I shouted out in the interview. So Teak, I've seen growth from last year, two years ago to now. Um, he on social media has went from talking schmack about women and like, I had to like face palm really hard because I'm like, no, Teak, no, like, don't say that. Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see You're all these this person. and then you see all the comments I'm like it's too late it's too late <laughs> and then it went from that to him being vulnerable and admitting his weaknesses to like saying I feel like this it's been really troubling for me like he's been vulnerable but he's not doing it where you're concerned that he's that he's unstable you see that he's like searching for the answers yes and I just want to shout him out because I know he probably, he maybe he's not thinking that deep into it, but I see it as growth. Yes. Any, I feel like anytime you, um, you know, have self-assessment and self-awareness and, and conscientiously decide to move in a new and different direction, you know, that's hopefully more beneficial to you and more positive to the people who are around you. Like, mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Especially nowadays, like, cancel culture is real. Cancel cancel culture is rough. So I'm actually kind of guilty of being like, cancel this person, cancel more. And I was also in a place when I was, like, advocating cancel culture where it was before I was, like, dating anybody and, like, I was over-dating anybody and I was, like, really trying to, like, manifest and grow myself but there was also that one toxic trait of my own where it's like oh that person being stupid they're done fuck you you know <laughs> and you're like oh yeah i love now now that we're all growing and transcending we're like, oh yeah growth is 
something that you have to allow to happen. Yeah, but I was also so mad that I it was a kind of like a weird oxymoron where I was taking all the time in the world to grow and be myself and really manifest my own identity and be my whole self. Not half of somebody, be my whole self. And because I was taking all these steps to do that, unfortunately, like my one step backwards was Oh, they're not. Don't call these motherfuckers who ain't growing. I know. Bitch, <laughs> you better like, grow like me. I'm growing <laughs> in all these leaves. Oh, you got a little brown on your edge. Fuck you, leaf. Like, dang, sometimes that leaf just needs a little more water and it'll bounce right back. I promise. Don't just be pruning all the leaves. The <laughs> bare ass tree. But that's basically what it was. I was like, oh, you think that you're gonna be stuck in your own little world like that? Done. You know, and I was, I wasn't very nice about it, but, <laughs> but now I realize, like, actually, that was not the answer. I'm so proud of you. You've grown a lot. <laughs> I've grown past cancel culture. <laughs> but yeah, like, all in all, like, it's really important to really take a lot of introspective of what you see as your perspective. Like, it's just, it's super important. Yeah, understanding and, your own biases, where you yourself were coming from, how you came to those conclusions. Yeah, learning that the shit that you, sorry. The learning, shit! <laughs> it's really important to learn that the world is bigger than your shit, and to really manif- to really take in that, what is, what the facts that are bigger, essentially, right? I'm explaining this really bad. But basically, my, my whole point is, for men, taking the steps to better themselves is important. And to be past the misogyny, to figure out how to grow past their their cultural identities to be a better person, I think that's really important. So, so again, this foundation is called the Boris Lawrence Foundation. There's virtual therapy available for those who are staying very careful during COVID. Um, there's applications, there's grants. Also, um, if you'd like to support mental health and wellness in the most vulnerable communities, there's a couple ways to contribute. You can text N-O-S-T-I-G-M-A to 707070. And of course, if you need immediate help, always call the National Suicide Helpline at 1-800-273-8255. That's really important to know. So again, like those who are taking the next step to being vulnerable, yes, I applaud you. Yes, but always look for resources. Even if you have to be like, I don't really know this person, just it's okay. Just be like, hey, I need a friend who needs resources. That's the first step at least, you know, and then the second step is actually like taking those resources and utilizing them. It's a huge step and it's not easy, but it's a step nonetheless. Like I know my ass needs therapy, but I know a lot of black men who need it more. (laughs) True. It's very, very true. So, other news is that we have a chess champion, 15-year-old Jessica Hyatt. She's a champion! She's a champion! The first, isn't she black? She's black. She's black and plays chess, y'all. She's She's the Gambit! She's black, y'all. You know what? I saw a thread on Gambit, um, and it really did. I was like, oh, I didn't actually think of that, which, huh, I should have. Um, Talking about how they use the, um, like, black best friend with magic trope 
I haven't watched Gambit yet, but go on. Oh, that's true. Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! There's spoilers. She has a black best friend. And she just, like, magically comes up with shit and helps move the plot forward. And I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that is really shitty. Um, how they use her in the show. Because she doesn't really get any kind of backstory other than she's just there to magically show up for shit. To hey, I'm just your, sp- your support by you. Uh, and of course, you know, they're like, oh, I guess the idea is that she's, you know, she's the street smart component to Homegirl's The street smart. smart component, oh god. To Homegirl's book smart, you know? And it's like, I feel like so often we get kind of tied into this role. And so it's kind of really lovely to see, like, right after reading that thread, like, hell yeah. This young woman, I think she's 15, mm-hmm. and um, she's only a few rankings away from becoming the first black woman chess master in the world. Y'all! In the world! Listen, chess is not easy. I tried playing it against Cash, and it did not go well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, this, is, this is amazing that her talent is being recognized. She got a $40,000 grant, you know, for college, for her abilities to play chess. So I'm beyond uh, stoked, ecstatic, and excited for her. I can't wait to see what she does next. And I really hope that uh, she just keeps busting through those rankings. And she's she's so close. Would you say that she's busting a move? Oh, God, she's busting a move. Oh, <laughs> terrible. I'm dying inside. Cancel it. Cancel it! <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, congratulations to little, to little Jessica Hyatt. Right? Like, she has such pure goals. Her goals are just, you know, she just wants to attend MIT and teach other kids how to play chess. Like, it's so great. Dude, it's great. Yeah, chess is, again, it's not easy, especially learning as an adult. I was always one to be like, I'm going to play checkers because it's easier. And I always try to find the easier route out, and I fucking missed out. Checkers. Wow. So... Another thing, which is really nice to know, is that Deb Holland, Interior Secretary, the first Interior Secretary, who is Native American, to oh, ever yes. hold a cabinet position. Yes. And this is so um, important because the bureau that she's in is the one that specifically deals with like Native American affairs. And to think that all this time, we haven't had anybody from that community who's actually interacting with that community and we say it here time and time again like you need your people you can't just the same way as you wouldn't expect (laughs) programs run by white people to necessarily work for the benefit of others who are not white it's like the same why would you think that a partnership where you don't even understand the other side's cultural backgrounds would be one that is you know, a positive experience or one that is, you know, offering growth for both sides. So I'm, I'm ecstatic to see, um, what she does with her position and, um, how she brings our two sides together. Yeah. No, I think this is really exciting and definitely a very, very good first step. Um, so I'm just like, maybe the U.S. government will actually officially state that they were like, fucked the Indians over. Fuck the native people. Oh, they never officially. No, no, it's okay. never been an official statement. This not is the since reason, the pilgrims, they can't take not accountability. Not the pilgrims, bro. From this the pilgrims, this is why they don't honor any of their treaties. 
if they were to say some shit now, they'd have to go back and honor those treaties. Look, we're going to make some changes. We're, we're doing it. We're progressing. <sighs> well, good. No, this is a good first step. And again, I'm glad that we are just running all these white men out of office. Get out of here. Things are being done the way that they should be done. Also, I'm sorry, guys, if I'm not making much sense today because, um, champagne. 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 Um, other news, and we'll go real quick behind this because it's a little old, but it's a very, very exciting. So, I say a little prep for you. Dion Warwick is on Twitter. She's so good and wholesome she and just like, grandma be living on Twitter. She's so She's great. picking on the new youngins, such the as youngins. Chance the Rapper. She was like, anybody who got one name and a V in it, I need you to tell me exactly how you've owned that shit. <laughs> hey, come on. I think my favorite tweet is when she was talking about, like, I ain't writing no bio. You guys already know who I am. And then on her Twitter page, it says, I'm not writing a bio. And I fucking <laughs> lost it. I fucking lost oh it. I'm like, God. fucking mama came on here to check us all real she's quick. So good. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm just gonna fucking troll all your asses. And then one day she's gonna get sick of Twitter. And then she's gonna be like, I'm gone. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. I know I came back during that versus battle between LaBelle and Knight, but I just had to do a little bit more. Oh my God. <laughs> had to get with them kids. Oh my God. It was so good. <laughs> Literal, literal kids. I'm like, how old are some of these people? Like, do they, do they even know that they have been chosen, <laughs> chosen and blessed? Dude, I'm alive to see the day that Diana Warwick is on Twitter. Right, it's so good. I want, you know, is Stevie Wonder on Twitter? Is Stevie Wonder? I wonder. Is Stevie Wonder? He probably is, but you gotta know. It's like uh, maybe he's like dictating to his Twitter. Oh, he does have a Twitter. The official Twitter. Twitter account of Stevie Wonder. So it's his team running it. Well, yeah. I mean. He's only. Oh! <laughs> he's Stevie Wonder. He's busy. Listen, listen, listen. You ready? Yes. He only has six. He No, no, no. Sorry. He's only following 69 people. Wow. That's a, nice. That's a boss ass. 69 people? Nice. Wow. <laughs> his team's got jokes. His team is hilarious. Oh my god, and you can tell it's run by a team. I mean, obviously, like, he's probably not actively tweeting. He's like, what is this shit? Put a piano in front of me. I don't want to, I don't want to fucking like, deal with social media. I don't know what that fucking shit is. <sighs> that man. Legend. <laughs> Absolutely legend. He's like, go have fun, kids. Go have fun, child. <laughs> um, oh, and wow. then, we don't have to say much about this, but, you know, the last eight months were long and hard for us. Oh, civilians God. in the United States of America. And it's so fucking amazing how people who are making literally millions of dollars, well, I'm not going to say millions of dollars. I'm, I think I saw the number as 130000 Oh, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Excuse me. During the eight months that they sat on their asses and they said, you know what America needs? $600 for eight months lost during COVID. Uh, I know people who can't even buy, like, their groceries for $600. I know people who are probably going to get that snatched up by their garnishments. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to let the United States government know. 
sucked. That sucked. Like, I mean, what else can I say to that? That's I, not even half my rent that's for not, one month. No. That's not even half a lot of the people's... A lot of the people who I know who lost their jobs in the Bay Area for doing housekeeping work, cleaning work, office work, educational work, all the work that has nothing to do with tax jobs, $600 ain't doing shit. It's only helping them catch up from the months that are lost and barely. I was going to say, I don't even really think it, it helps people catch up. Like, oh, maybe they can pay off the interest fees for whatever bills they couldn't pay mm -hmm. and bring them back to still being in debt. Yep. Here, you're $600 less in debt. Yeah, so I'm going to utilize my freedom of speech here. That was fucked up, U.S. government. I don't know how you guys all thought that $600 was enough. It is not even breaking budget. Some of you guys couldn't even fucking donate part of your salary because you guys were too comfortable in your fucking mansion-ass houses and all your fucking cars and all dealing with all your Ivy League like all Ivy League kids' loans. Fuck you. That was the most selfish shit in the fucking world for it to see $600. If the COVID virus, the COVID virus would be more contained if you guys could have had the fucking heart to give everybody in the United States $1,200 bi-weekly. And maybe we could have gotten somewhere. Maybe businesses could have kept afloat. Maybe people could have kept afloat. But there were so many people I knew who had to leave California. And there were so many people who had to leave New York. Places that they were trying to re-foundation themselves. And they had to fucking leave. Because they couldn't afford it. Because their jobs. People who had to move back to their home countries. Like, it's just really inexcusable. And all the businesses who ate up all those PPP loans who didn't deserve it, fuck you too. Some of you guys didn't need that money. Some of you guys didn't even need those loans. You just took it. You just took it because you're fucking greedy. You weren't going to lose anything. You just took the money. Yeah. And now people who really need the money are having to deal with this backlash and like extra freaking wait times because everybody is, you know, grabbing at things that they don't need. And then the people who really need them, it's like, sorry, you have to wait. We have to actually verify that you need them now. Or we have to verify that you are you know, needing this the way you're saying you're needing it. Dude, we all need that money. Yeah. The United States can liber literally fund everybody's living expenses. Like, literally. As bare minimum. And they couldn't even fucking do that. And so, thank you, United States of America. You guys are just greedy as fuck and really show that, that, that you're really not for the people as much as you say that you are. So, with that being said... I don't think we have any nerdy and dirty for this week. Nope, the government's doing us dirty. We are nerdy. That's it. All right. Going on. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to Megaran. It was your birthday on December 15th. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Okay, it's actually not his birthday. Lol. <laughs> Just kidding. It's his birthday in September. <laughs>
in September. It's of actually next year. Barrett Wallace's birthday, which is um Oh, same deal. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's Barrett Wallace's birthday. Barrett Wallace is a character from Final Fantasy VII. He is the lead member of Avalanche. A V A L A N C H E. I said that right, right? Yes. Okay, good. Avalanche. Yeah, so it's Barrett Wallace's birthday. Um, so but what's really great is Eric Bentley, who voiced him in the remake, just recently released the um article about Barrett Wallace. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. And it's just basically discussing about his whole deal with voicing Barrett stereotypes behind it the victory fanfare so it's been just like really nice to see like a little article kind of come out um so it was released on shack news and basically everyone loved barrett by the way barrett was a sweetie i'm like who doesn't like barrett's always like tough and tough and shit and then the moment that marlene comes in the room it's like marlene's like such a little like soft teddy bear Mm mm-hmm so he talks about basically how he um brings the character to life and then that the thing is like he kind of goes into just like kind of the difficulties of doing voiceover over doing things in in real life um and that basically like he had a lot of pressure doing this role because it was a big role um Barrett is one of the most popular characters from Final Fantasy VII. I think basically the whole crew is, but Barrett in particular, he leads a rebellion group who fights against the um, capitalist um, Shimra. He's fighting for the planet. So he's basically like hyper Greenpeace or what Greenpeace wants to be, essentially. So basically... um, he is a fan of the previous game, so he actually knew a little bit behind it before going into this role. Um, but he was just making sure that he would, like, go behind it right, making sure he got the right flavor, you know, and just making sure that he goes into it. So it was a really nice article to see about Barrett. Again, um, Barrett's birthday was on the 15th of December. What's kind of cool about Final Fantasy Seven characters is that, is that they all have birthdays. Even though it's not really celebrated within the game, but they do have them. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's yeah. So that people like you can have a day to celebrate your yeah. favorite characters. <laughs> and uh, the reason why I associate Barrett with Megaran is, like, in Megaran's Black Materia, he did such a great job in the in Barrett's song, or the Avalanche song as well, so it was, like, one of those things. I'm like, I just associate Barrett with Megaran now. <laughs> you are like, now Megaran. You are now Mega Ram. I mean, they both have a gun arm. So Mega Ra- or Mega Man and Barrett both have a gun arm. So it's like, it's it's too perfect. It's too perfect. It's too perfect. Plus, did you know Mega Ram is black? <laughs> really? Yeah. I Tell me about shocked. it. <laughs> shocked. What a, what a correlation. <laughs> I hope Ram doesn't listen to this episode. God damn it. Um, like, you guys... So some other news, um, rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock, who was the original Boba Fett in the yeah. Star Wars series, legend, um, one of those things that reminded, reminding us all that we got to celebrate all the legends before they go. I know. Oh, that's been hitting me hard. It's just like, 
all these people are gone and as you feel like you grow up with them you watch them on your screen your whole life and mm-hmm. then poof yeah no he really had a pr- really really good legacy so i'm not even mad um but again the original like especially that i think there was a little story about boba fett in the um i think it was uh rogue one Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, like basically, long story short, um, he's an English actor. He is most famous for his portrayal in Boba Fett in Star Wars, uh, in the films of The Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the Jedi, and as also for Revenge of the Sith. Um, what other things are going on here? Yeah, so basically, like, Star Wars was his whole um, thing. And then... He's done a couple of things where he's cameoed in, like, Mark Hamill's projects, and he's also, um, done a couple little things here and there, but mostly, he was just mostly famous for Star Wars, so, again, so... Mostly, he was the fat. Yeah, he was the fat. So, um, yeah, cheers to him for being, like, a legendary character and in a series that we all definitely love and has gotten better over the years. It was good for the originals, and then once 1, 2, and 3 came out, we are like, uh, what is... What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um. So going on, the Game Awards happened. A couple of things. I'm like, eh. Like I know that Hades got an award. Um, Hades is a good game. I wish Miles Morales would have gotten more awards because it was also a recent game. Final Fantasy VII got plenty of the awards. All Actually, the awards. Final all Fantasy VII awards. got all of the awards. It was like, oh, here, do you want to be best at everything? Here you go, you perfected it. I should actually probably look up to see what was going on. So, what did they win? Best game So, game I guess on. just to kind of give a quick recap, the pers- the game that got Game of the Year was The Last of Us Part Two. I didn't play that one, but I was actually very surprised that I got that award. I mean, granted that there was other games that could have had a be- that could have qualified more, but again, we didn't vote here, so it's fine. Uh, League of Legends is sustaining as kind of the best esports game, which is fine because League of Legends has been reigning for a really long time. Um, Fall Guys uh, won as the best community support game. Ghost of Tsushima won as best art direction. I actually might buy that game next since I just finished Miles Morales. Um, Among Us um, won as best multiplayer game. What other things happened here? And, of course, Miss Laura Bailey got the award for Best Voice Actor Performance. Though, no offense to Laura Bailey. I loved Laura Bailey as Lust in Fullmetal Alchemist, but I feel like the voice actor for Miles Morales should have gotten the award. (laughs) I think he did such a good job. Like, Like, I don't know. When I'm listening to Miles Morales, he just sounds like... Miles Morales. Like a spunky, like, Brooklyn kid that is just trying to figure his shit out. You can obviously tell that he is black. Um, and it was just, like, kind of, like, one of those things where I'm like, okay, like, I really appreciate the... The acting. The acting. The acting was really good. It was spunky. It sounded like a comic book boy. Um, Najee Jeter was the guy who voice acted as Miles Morales in that game, and I thought he did an excellent job. So I think he should have gotten that award. Unfortunately, 
I mean, not, I say unfortunately for Bora Bailey because, like, I think she got her award because she's just so popular. Um, but it should have gone to him. I think that's just, like, my only criticism with this whole thing, to be honest. Um, Final Fantasy VII got... Hey, Bailey, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, it kind of was that. But I'm... the voice actor for Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I just, I listened to that game, and, like, the first thing, not to bring Megaran back into this, but if Megaran had a son, it's Miles Morales. Because they have the same, like, speech cadence. Oh, okay. Like, that's what it was to me. Like, they had a very similar speech cadence. Um, it was very, like, like I said, like, it was spunky. He's from Brooklyn. He wasn't, like, overly doing it. Or not from Brooklyn. I'm so sorry, Lee. Was it Brooklyn? It might have been Brooklyn. But he moved to Harlem in the game, so I think that's what happened. But I don't know. Just a lot of the things with that game just really aligned really well with the voice acting. And so I thought that should have gotten more recognition. But I think The Last of Us Part Two was out longer, so maybe that's why she got the award. Okay. Um, some games that are still kind of on my radar. Final Fantasy VII Remake got the best scoring soundtrack for this year. Um, and they also got the best role-playing game. So that's interesting because this game has been in anticipation for years. Everybody's always wanted to remake for Final Fantasy VII since the original in 1997, you know? Holy crap, 97. Yeah, and everybody's known about the remake happening since, like... 97. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've known about it since I was in high school. Like, everyone's like, they're gonna do a new game. And I'm like, really? And then, Ten yeah. Years yeah. Later. Yeah. Ten years later for sure. So I was like, I'm ready for the game. And then Advent Children came out. I'm like, okay, that's fine. This is holding me over. Advent Children was really good. And how they intertwined Advent Children with the remake was really good with the like whispers and the, um, they had the whisper heart harbinger and the harbinger souls that represented Lowe's, Yazoo and Kadaj. And then they also had, um, you know, what other things? Oh, and of course, like, they didn't say anything about Geostigma, but they definitely hinted that Marlene is also partially Cetrin. So I think they did a pretty good job to kind of link everything together so it makes more sense. Final Fantasy VII to me has also been one of those games where with the storytelling in the original, they had to do a lot of damage control with all the spoofs that came out Trying right after. Trying to create a single canon, basically, so you don't just have, like, yeah, I feel like in Seven, the original, like, there was a lot of things Seven that were... universe. Yeah, there was a lot of things that were implied, but you weren't sure. And then when you played, like, Dirge of Cerebus, and then you played Crisis Core, and then there was the, um, the mobile game, um, that was released a while back ago in just Japan. Like, I think that one was called, um, Before Crisis. Um, there was a lot of damage control just kind of putting two and two together about things. Because when I was a kid playing that game, I didn't understand, like, the the black background with the white text narrative. I also didn't really understand Zack's plot and why that played into things. So there was a lot of damage control. But how they did the remake I thought was really good. And some of the little plot twists to keep us on the edge of our seats. Like, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, they put Barrett in the game. Or... Barrett's role at the end of, at the end of the remake 
they Sephiroth stabbed him. And that doesn't happen in the original game. And so you're just like, what the fuck? And then same thing with the scene of how they outline the deaths of everybody in the tower. Like, they didn't talk about how Wedge made it. So there was a lot of damage control and a lot of things that keeping us on the edge of our seats. There were some things that I was really emotional about just because of how emotionally invested I was with the game. <laughs> but that's how I just kind of felt. But yeah, like I thought seven was a good game. Um, and then another game that I was kind of paying attention to was paying attention to was Hades. Hades won the award for the best independent game as well as the best action game. It's Hades in a long, long story short, Hades is kind of the sex. Hades is the sex? It's the sex, yeah. Hades is all about that button mashing, baby. <laughs> Triple X, X, Y. God damn it. <laughs> you it's too, like, that game is too sexy, but the way that they all did like it. Nipple knobs, we're nipple knobbling it. Yeah. The rogue style playing is so good, so. Anyway. Oh, and then lastly, uh, the one big surprise that they released in the Game Awards is that Sephiroth is now in Super Smash Brothers. Hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, so Sephiroth, speaking of Seven, um, is now a playable character. Woo! You can play him without his shirt. Mm. You can be a little pervy. There's already fan fictions about Bayonetta and Sephiroth getting it on. <laughs> oh! And... Really? And maybe Captain Falcon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm joking. I don't even know if that's happening. I, that would I you know you had me. I was totally there for it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds not quite right, but kinda sure. hot. Kinda hot. Kinda hot. What a hot could be. A little be? steamy. Oh my god. Um so going on about video games, I'm actually gonna skip one point here and go back to it. So um skip it. Go back to it. Cyberpunk is not doing so hard. Oh, Bobby. The long anticipated video game that stars Keanu Reeves um is not doing so well. There's a lot of glitches, there's a lot of bugs, there's a lot of a lot of things that are not going right with the game. Um not only that it's not great on previous generation consoles such as the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Um, there's just too many crashes, too many bugs, um, that it's also very buggy on the PC, excuse me, PC, it's also very buggy on the new Xbox and also on the new PlayStation 5, and so it's gotten to a point that actually PlayStation, or no, sorry, Sony took Cyberpunk out of the store, Ooh. and is now issuing refunds because of how bad the game has been rendered. Damn! And wasn't that the whole hype of everybody going out and buying it? Because they were like, oh, we're going to release it early and flying off the shelf. Look, y'all need to get your shit together. <laughs> okay, we paid too much money. So many people, like, how much time do you think went into just... So, there's a couple of sus suspicious things that I did not read about. I'm pretty sure that there was so many... So, first of all, I was already pissed off about the amount of death threats that occurred with people who were who didn't get the game on time because the game was supposed to be released, I think like two, three months ago and they delayed it because it wasn't ready. Yeah. And it's COVID. So of course the game isn't ready. You know what other game was delayed and came out perfectly? Final Fantasy seven remake. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of other topics, but actually just the same topic. Final Fantasy seven remake was great. Yeah. And they delayed it and everything was fine. 
But they delayed Cyberpunk, and then people, like, people sent out death threats and were saying, what the fuck? I don't want your fucking game. And it's a bunch of fucking edgelords who have nothing better to do. Wait, but then don't they really, aren't they ultimately saying how badly they want the game? Like, yeah. If you're and it's probably the same somebody. people who are just bitching about the game now that it's so buggy. But there's lots of reports of how buggy the game is. You know, Miles Morales came out a little buggy, but not that buggy like I think I only endured two bugs while playing Miles Morales and that was it but so if a game comes out buggy like what 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 can they do about it the best thing that developers and the gaming company can do is they can send out a bunch of pat like patch updates mm -hmm. so it fixes the problem so that way for example if you're streaming the game they can help you with it so if they send out an update it's supposed to improve the game they send out another update they can improve the game but um I don't know if it works the same if you have the game on a disc. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I wonder how many people, like, if you pre-order this game, you're playing on a disc. I was like, what What are your buggy issues and how would you fix that if you're not playing online, you know? Right. So then I guess these people have no other option but to return it, which is sad. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, the story in general I think is really good. I haven't been personally playing the game, but I have been watching uh, Cash play it. And it's been really good. Like, Cash is having a good time. I'm having a good time watching him. Like, it's it's a really fun game all in all. Yeah, but, um... Smash those buttons. Oh my god, sign. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, I can understand just the, for the quality of product and how much you pay for it, it wasn't ready. Yeah. And I think, ready. to be honest, I think developers could have held onto it for another six months and it could have came out a lot better. But I don't know, and this is where my empathy comes in, I don't know what kind of time pressures that they were facing by investors and people who were pushing them. Because that's the, what it comes down to, is like, sometimes there's overarching people who are just saying like, no, just fucking release it, fucking release it now, and they don't, they have zero knowledge about how to develop a game. So, I feel for the developers, I don't feel for the people who are pushing them. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's basically workplace abuse. So that's where I'm kind of coming from with that. I'm not saying that's what exactly happened, but I can insinuate that that's what happened because I don't think in our day and age for a game to come out that bad, as in like downloadable things, things on how to play the game, like even like people change up really fast. And also like I've seen Cash play the game where like he was supposed to go in a tank and he stayed on top of the tank and not went in it. And it was not part of the story. Like, it's one of those things where I think they should have been given more time. But I think there was something up up, up, and, up and beyond those developers that were telling them to release it. Because those people don't fucking understand art. So that's where I'm kind of coming from. Oh, they don't understand the artist. Uh, they don't. <laughs> um... Going back to other little nerdy things, but not so nerdy. Um, there's a little nine minute short. Netflix is now doing animated shorts. Yeah, Canvas are. was really good. Anybody who doesn't know what Canvas is, please just type Canvas in your Netflix and watch it. That's all you need to do. It was cute. It was adorable. I'm not going to give you the storyline. I'm just going to say it was heartfelt. It was touching. And it really shows how much love can really put you back in your center and back in your passions. Thanks, Netflix. 
Thanks, Netflix. I know I can scream down the at the end of my street and scream at them because they're really next door. They are next door. I, that's one of the things I love about coming here is just seeing like the Netflix signs. Netflix and Roku <laughs> are just like right. I'm there. like, hey, you want a Netflix and chill? <laughs> All right. So, um, you want to tell me about the new Batman, Kylie? Oh my gosh, new Batman's gonna be black. He's gonna be black man. Batman. Super exciting. Um, so DC Comics announced this like I think it's supposed to be an alternate universe where like the original Batman for some reason is like out of the picture, maybe he died, and then just awesome black man takes up the cape. <laughs> black man takes over. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just like, alright, it's it's Batman, but just make him black. Like <laughs> I feel like that's pretty much what's happening with DC Comics. Um so the character is going to be named Tim Fox, and he's supposed to be um, written by John Ridley, who wrote 12 Years a Slave. So okay. this is, it's like, it's, it's going to be some real black shit. This is real exciting. I'm, I can't wait to see what the writing is going to be like, what his character development is going to be like. Um, so it's, it's supposed to be the son of Bruce Wayne's business manager, Lucius Fox. Mm. Right? Yes. Yes. And it's set in future Gotham and it's controlled by the villainous magistrate. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So Batman has been killed in this universe, which is like, all right, starting out dark, just how we like it. DC is all grit and grime, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's all gruff, 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 gruff. So, um, yeah. Like, I don't. Batman's gonna be black. Like, I don't know how how much more legit it can be than that. That will be fun. I'm kind of low-key... Okay, here's my thing with Batman. And there's nothing about me feeling ill-willed about Timothy Fox, but I'm over the multiple identities with Batman. Or black man. I'm <laughs> over the multiple... <laughs> black men. This is why you need therapy, because black women are over your multiple identities. Uh, no, I, I think I've had a lifetime of so many different Batmans, where it's like Michael Keaton. Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like Keeper. <laughs> Michael Keaton and George Clooney and Val Kilmer and um, who else was fucking Batman? Um, Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck. I'm over all of the different Batmans. And it's like, here's a spin. It's like, oh, yes. Here's a spin, guys. He's black now. I'm like, I'm just tired of the oh. multiple black Batmans. I think I'm spent. I, I would like to learn more about different DC heroes. I mean, I feel like the DC universe is taking an interesting change. It's like, this is not the only thing that's changing. So, not only do we have, like, Black Batman, but you also have Clark Kent being replaced by his son, John. You have Yada Flor, who's the daughter of an Amazon and Brazilian river god. Like, what? She's gonna become the next Wonder Woman? So, I feel like I don't know if it's a reach. I'm I honestly I'm not quite sure. I feel like it should just be all happy good good things, but it's like sometimes I don't know if it's like they're reaching. No, I hear you. For I think now it's but it's like all about the diversity now, so it's like okay. 
This could either be really good or really bad. I'm hoping that it's really good, just because I have faith. I Mm -hmm. have some faith in the world that we're finally going to get some cool, good shit. Yeah, I think... I think this might be a little bit of a reach to have some inclusivity. I'm not trying to say it's going to go bad. If it goes great, I'm... Is he token Batman? That's... (laughs) Already? Token Batman shit. Already. God damn. So I think that's what I'm worried about is, like, that. It's, like, I just... Like, fucking, like, give me an Aurora Monroe story in Marvel, like, Wishes Storm. Or, like, give me other, like, more... Like, when they did Luke Cage, that was great. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Like, I, I want to hear more Give about... Give us actual, just original black characters and stop remaking old ones. Just and I'm not gonna like lie. Like, yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I hear about black characters the moment that they're released on TV. You know? So I'm like, I'm excited to hear about this new person. Because, like, I missed the, the era where I could read a bunch of DC or Marvel comics mm-hmm. and actually know the characters. I actually know, I get to know characters based off of the movies that come out now, like Black Panther. Um, and so if if they just put some effort in actually like reaching for the actual black characters instead of creating new ones, I think that, that I would have more of a, more of an interest in seeing what's going on. But again, I'm not opposed to seeing the new Batman who is black, but I think there should have been more of a reach to put more visibility to the black characters. Okay, that's in- that's entirely fair. I feel like um, one of the characters that they um, did do right with in terms of showing different representations of people mm-hmm. was um, the new uh, Echo character mm. for mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Aliqua Fox, she's a deaf native superhero. And it's not like they took an existing superhero and then were like, oh, well, let's just change her and we'll make her native and we'll make her deaf. No, like, her original character is deaf. Mm-hmm. And she's native. And her name is Echo. And um, on the new Hawkeye show, which I think is Disney Plus, it's a new Disney Plus series, which is, like, not Netflix. I always want to say Netflix. It's Disney Plus, guys. Go check them out. Um... But yeah, and she's making her screen debut. Ha ha ha! That's dope. That's so dope. We don't get a lot of deaf actresses and actors on we the don't main get screen. Enough. And not only that, but so Hawkeye himself is supposed to be deaf, and I think we're actually going to see um, some American Sign Language from Ooh. his character. That's yes. like, that's like actually real because a lot of times in shows, which I think is kind of like really fucked up. So it's like not only are you not having like the actual representation of like getting somebody who is actually deaf mm-hmm. for your character who is deaf, mm-hmm. but then you just, because you're too lazy, I feel like it is lazy, because you're too lazy to actually hire someone and do the research on what the actual sign language is like. You just make up your own shit. And so now it's like people who are deaf who were like so excited to see this representation and to be included look at the screen and they can't even get the joy of fucking actually getting their own, like, sign language up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just, like, another slap in the face. Yeah. So rude. So I'm really excited to see this happen. Good. And I think they're doing it right. Speaking of superpowers. Superpowers? Are you excited about the 21st? Oh, my God. I can't wait till the 21st. Can you, like, I mean, yeah. what do you think what you're going to get? Um, For me, I 
honestly think that I'll probably just be able to hear people's thoughts because that feels like a very Kylie power. Oh, okay. I think... Like, I don't even think it's going to be something extravagant. Most people are like, oh, I'll fly. And I'll be like, nah, I'm knowing my odds. Like, here, we'll take this thing I'm that just you kind hoping... of already do and just turn it up. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't get screwed over like Meg from Family Guy. Oh! <laughs> Wait! Wait, yeah. what episode is this? There was an episode where they all got superpowers and Meg's superpower was really shitty. She just had her nails extend really slightly and that was it. Oh. And I only say this because, like... <laughs> I only say this because I'm biracial. Stop. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> what will our biracial power be? <gasps> you know what? Never mind. So there's an article I want you to read. Yes. That was sent to me about this whole phenomenon that's happening on the 21st. Yes. I just sent it to you on your Facebook. About the planets aligning? Please read it. It's on, No, it's on your face. It's on your Facebook right now. It's I on just, my Facebook right I just now. sent it to you. She just Oh, wait, no. I did read this. I read no, this. no, but you got to read it out loud. Out loud. Yeah. Out make loud. Sure, make sure you credit the person who read it, though. <clears throat> black Excellence, an open letter to black people about your upcoming super powers by Michael Harriet. There. We've been credited. Michael Harriet. Mm-hmm. He wrote this article. What site is it on? Um, This is The Root. Please carry on. We're so black. It's great. Because I'm black, y'all. Read the article. (laughs) Read the article. Dear prospective super Negroes, by now you should have received your certified letter informing you that people of African descent will receive superpowers on December 21st when Jupiter and Saturn align for the first time in nearly 400 years. (laughs) According to researchers at the University of Twitter, which is a, a real credited university. Indeed. This will unlock the melanated magic in black people, granting them never-before-seen gifts beyond the ability to clap on beat and resist dumping artichokes into potato salad. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And that's it. It's a short excerpt. Oh, I lied. Keep it's going. Short no, it's not. It's, a long it's just my, my phone was like, here, bitch, have an ad. And I'm go, like, no, I don't go, 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 go. Sorry, before this occurs... We wanted to prepare you for this glorious day, as well as spell out a few best practices for this operating system update. That is so cute. To do this, the National Institute for Genetic Gifts and Astronomic Superpowers, uh, aka N-I-G-G-A-S, niggas, <laughs> assembled a panel of experts, which includes, oh God, Jerome Jamal Jenkins Jr. Hey! J.J. Squared became the first documented time traveler in 1943 when his mother, Erlene, actually slapped him in the next week. God damn. Yasmin James, a former McDonald's employee who became an instructor at the door of the Lahe School for wishing a motherfucker would. Boom, boom. Adrian Banfield Norris, the Red Table Talk co-host, is either an immortal goddess or an ageless vampire. Either way, we needed her advice. That is true. She is so goddamn beautiful. Dr. Greg Carr, the law professor, history scholar, and chair of Howard University's Afro-American Studies Department, is just smart as fuck. Superpower, just smart as fuck. Raven the Science Maven. We commissioned the scientific spitter and self-proclaimed big old geek to freestyle a scientific explanation. Mm. Marshawn Lynch. We have long suspected that Beast Mode is an actual superhero. However, he claimed he only joined our panel so he wouldn't get fined. (laughs) Golly. (laughs) The first thing you must be aware of is that you won't be able to choose which superhuman gift you will obtain. 
The powers will be determined by your previous work for resistance and liberation. Hell yes. For instance, Aisha Evans may become a telepath with the ability to read minds, while Candace Owens may only become a biopath. Good. Finally, gaining the capacity to know when she's full of shit. Yeah, that's right, Candace. Which is like 100% of the time. I don't mm-hmm. know, like her meter should just be going off all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. That was just my personal interject. That wasn't part of the article, if you couldn't tell. Go on. But Go on. on. Civil rights hero Claudette Colvin may gain the ability to teleport through time and space while Lil Maga Wayne could earn his status as a real G with the ability to move in silence like lasagna. Mm. <laughs> Secondly, all black people will receive these powers regardless of religion, class, or political affiliation, which necessarily presents some problems. Are oh, we going to have some villains? Mm-hmm. Help us, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Although our Caucasian counterparts will still retain the ultimate gift of white privilege, they will undoubtedly gain access to our unprecedented abilities through subterfuge and brainwashing. Ben Carson has already agreed to lend his super senses to Donald Trump, meaning Trump might actually become a very stable genius. Although the Negro solstice will not affect transracial icon Rachel Dolezal, the Kardashians will undoubtedly find a way to succubus their superpowers from a naive but extra gifted black man. Protect your sons. Protect your sons! God damn! The Kardashians are coming. That's terrible. Once your talents are downloaded, we ask that you practice extreme caution. If you think white people are terrified of regular black people jogging, sleeping in their own beds, or armed with Skittles and Arizona iced tea, imagine how terrified they will be of bulletproof niggas. (laughs) Thankfully, we know the police won't treat us any differently. They already treat us like we're all bulletproof niggas. This leads me to my third point. No revenge. Oh, he's taking a real sweet Dr. King vibe. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it will be tempting to go smite all the white people who have caused this harm, but trust me, it will not work. It's easy to use your x-ray vision to go searching for the cops who killed Breonna Taylor or get one of your super strength homeboys to slap the shit out of Daniel Cameron, but what will it solve? Sure, it might make you feel good. Okay, it might make me understating a little, but unless there's a defund the police superpower defund the police superpower, it really won't make a difference. Instead of pointing your laser vision at that kangaroo pouch under Mitch McConnell's chin, god damn, you should ask your telepathic cousin to read white people's minds and figure out why they continue to vote against their own interests. I know the answer will be racism. The answer is always racism. But at least we'd have proof when they try to present that bullshit economic anxiety narrative. It might be fun to use your electromagnetic gift to shock the shit out of Donald Trump every time he says something racist, stupid, or patently untrue. But come on, man, you're going to wear yourself out. That's enough electricity to light up a small Eastern European country. Mm-hmm. And finally, you should be prepared for the outrage when white people find out that black people have superpowers. First of all, you should be aware of the phenomenon of economic gentrification when Mm -hmm. white people move into black neighborhoods because we have a homegirl who can harness lightning. I already know what you're thinking. Yes, her superpower name will be the plug. (laughs) They'll never give her credit for solving global warming, though. White people (laughs) will surely be mad. 
For the first time, black privilege and reverse racism will actually exist, which means we have to enact a new millennium white codes. Of course, we will probably need officers to enforce these new Karen Crow rules. Oh, Karen Crow rules. That's cute. <laughs> Given the fact that our powers are relatively new, combined with white people's historical craftiness, who can blame a heat vision enabled super cop for accidentally torching an unarmed white person? Immortals fear for their lives, too. To make sure our criminal justice system works, we will only hire cops who are empaths and can look at the whites and tell if they're guilty. <laughs> Accordingly, there won't be a need for that fair trial bullshit. We should also decrease funding to historically white colleges and majorly white school districts. Oh, God. Or maybe we can send their kids to their own schools. Why should we have to spend resources teaching them their history just because they can't time travel and see it for themselves? Hey. If they would just focus harder and concentrate on family, they might get superpowers one day. It's not up to us to even the playing field. To even the playing field. Speaking of playing fields, Ooh. they bet not kneel during the playing of back that ass up before every football game. Bet that ass up. Voter ID won't work for us because many of us will become shapeshifters. However, just to be safe, we should purge the regular human being names off the voter rolls and make them wait in long lines while we vote telekinetically. I know there's no evidence of widespread white voter fraud, but you can't be too careful. Of course, we will save a lot of money by paying them lower wages. Why should employers shoulder that financial burden just because whites can't take lunch breaks by shifting the time-space continuum? This is so good. You know what? Why do we have to pay them at all when we're the ones with all the power? It's not racist to round them up and use them for free labor. It's about economics. Economics. This may sound like I have either traveled to the future or have lost my mind, but I am neither a crazy person nor am I a soothsayer. If the idea of black people having some kind of genetic disposition that gives them the ability to control everyone else sounds the least bit preposterous, think of how insane the idea of white supremacy sounded 400 years ago. Mary, Mary Nigga Power Day. Day. Yours, Yours truly. truly. Michael. <laughs> oh my gosh, this was a delight. Michael Harriet. He says he's a world-renowned white peopleologist, white getter and doer people. of it. Never reneged. Have you never played spades? Stop. Will ne <laughs> never will last real niggas alive. Oh my god. This was a treasure. This was an absolute gem. So good. I needed this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I think it was the best article I read all week. So just a couple things, just so that way you guys can keep in mind what's coming up with the Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. There is some interview intermissions, which I finally figured out how to weed in my interviews with Lady Blurred. So we're going to call them interview intermissions, a.k.a. Don't Cast and Drive. We're going to have The Rap Nerd on Raw Cookie Dough, which will be coming up tomorrow, Woo -woo. a.k.a. Monday on the 21st. And then we also already have a published interview with the new Acoustic Collective. Some homeboys I went to college with, and they're doing some bluegrass. Ooh. Sounds really good. I love it already. Yeah. Um, so.
so yeah, just go ahead and check those things out. They're already posted on SoundCloud. Well, actually, sorry, just one of those interviews are posted on SoundCloud. The other one will be published tomorrow with our episode that is happening right now. Right now. Please follow us on Instagram on Ladyboards Podcast. If you can find additional content on Don't Cast and Drive on Facebook as well. You can listen to us on Apple Pods, Spotify, and our first home SoundCloud. SoundCloud. For more shenanigans, you can find me as begins like this on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Kylie as Kylie Too Smart as Too Smart Kai on Instagram and Twitter. And that calls it, fam. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy New Year and all that good shit. We will see you guys in January. <sighs> January. <laughs> 2021, bitches. Yay!